it is, the show that everybody's been raving about. ProCalx University with your host, Tom Platania. Hey, welcome to ProCalx University. I'm Tom Platania, and this is our podcast on manual T. No, not Mr. T. I pity the fool, but manual T. See, many of our HV design techniques are linked to very detailed processes known as manuals, such as manual J, manual S, manual RS, manual D, manual N, as well as many others. But today's lesson will be about manual T, as in Tom. And for many professionals listening to this podcast, you guys have no clue what manual T is, right? But this is one of the most important processes in the HVAC designed, but it is one of the most overlooked and misunderstood processes in the HVAC design. So what is manual T? Manual T is all about the selection and placement of the supply and return vents in your home. A commercial has a different uh, manual for it, but the concept is very similar. It's just a little bit different uh, process. And yes, there's a whole entire process that determines the size of the grill, the type of grill, the placement of the grill, and a lot of other things. It's a very detailed process, but once you have the basic understanding, it can be pretty simple. So the first thing when we're looking at a home, the first thing is to find out from the architect, the builder, the owner, are they going for a specific look? Okay. Um, Are they looking for very square grills? Are they looking for rectangular grills? Are they looking for what's called a linear grill, which is kind of a fancier elongated grill that doesn't have a super high velocity of air coming out of it. It's it's more designed for a very aesthetically pleasing uh, process and how you want to handle the airflow in a room. They use them a lot in commercial I mean, you'll see them when you go into in restaurants and different things. They're very long and they have a really thin opening down the center. And that's a slot. And those are called linear diffusers. So the first thing, again, is to select what are we looking for? So if a homeowner comes to us or an architect or builder and they look, we don't have a specific look that we're looking for. Um, just, you know, kind of go with some standard grills. One of the things that we're going to look at first is how the room is situated. And with manual T, it's very important to consider how the air is going to be flowing, circulating through this room. And where in in a hotter climate, let's say Florida, where your hot spots are going to be. Because what you're trying to accomplish with the grills and with manual T is it's helping you to understand how to properly mix the air in the room. Because, you know, and let's use a hot climate as an example to keep consistent. In a room that has a lot of heat coming through those walls or windows, we want to look at where is going to be the highest probability of heat buildup. And what we need to do is get that 50 to 55 degree air that's coming out of the vent to go with that hot spot and to mix with the heat that's coming through to be able to condition that so that when that air comes back to the air handler or furnace or whatever, we're talking we're talking air conditioning, so we're going to be an air handler or coil, that when that air comes back, 
that we've helped to drop the temperature of that air. So let's say we have 50, 55 degree air coming out of the vent. We have 80 degree air right at the outside wall. We want to push that air to that hot air, the cooler air to that hotter air. And we want to change the temperature of that air. So when it gets back into the air handler, we're not pulling 80 degree air into the air handler. This is we're gonna we're gonna talk about this in a minute, but that's actually one of the biggest things that HVAC design companies or HVAC installers struggle with understanding. So considering these things, we understand the grill placement. Okay, now with the grill placement, we have an okay. We we know that the grill is going to go here. We don't know what type of grill, what size of grill. Well, if we know the type of grill, because linear diffusers would be placed completely different location. So in a residential home, a linear supply grill must go on the outside walls. And typically they would go over top of a window or by any very high heat generating item. So if we know it's linear, the linear diffuser is going to be a completely different location than a standard vent that you see that most of us are aware of. So let's just go with standard grills, vents that most of you know that are in your home. You know, they're long, they're 10 by 6 or 12 by 8 or 12 by 12 or 8 by 8. There's all kinds of different sizes. And sometimes we are limited to what state that we're doing the work in, what the HVAC distributors have available. Some locations, they don't carry certain size grills like a 4 by 4 or 6 by 6 grill. So we have to also be careful about that. So once we've determined, we okay, we're going to use the standard grill, and we already know where our placement is, all right? We, we understand when we're designing, we understand where the hottest part, we call it a hot wall. So when I'm talking to the designers and we're looking at placement and they're asking them like, okay, where's your hot wall? Now you may have two outside walls and you have one wall that's facing south and one wall that's facing west. And that wall that's facing west has a window on it. And the wall that's facing south has a window on it. Well, what's going to be your hottest? Well, most of the time uh, during the later part of the day, you're going to have a hotter wall on the west side than you are on the south. But we want to take this into consideration that we still want to try to get some good circulation on the south wall, but we also want to get most of our circulation on the west wall. So where is the grill going to be placed? It's very important to understand. Next, we have to determine, and you can't select grills and use the manual T process until you've done the manual J load calculation, until you've done the manual S equipment selection calculation, and until you've done the manual D calculations to determine the exact amount of air that is going to be and the velocity of the air that's going to be coming into that room. Now, once we determine that, we can then uh, go back to our manual T and understand here's how many CFMs. Let's say it's 150 CFMs coming into the room, cubic feet per minute. You can go back and watch and listen to one of our other podcasts that we had. We talked a little bit about CFMs and we also have a YouTube video. You can go to ProCalc University on YouTube. We also have, uh, well, obviously you're on this ProCalcUniversity.com to listen to our podcast and uh, we also have a little store that, that we have a lot of different things on there. We're constantly adding things, theprocalcsstore.com. We have a lot of cool things. We have filters, we have air filtration systems, uh, tools and little things like that to help you with little do-it-yourself things in your home. Okay, so we've determined the type of grill. We've determined the placement of our grill and placement is very important. One of the things that I see people struggle with is because we do work all over the country is because somebody has always been doing it this way, that's how the next guy does it, such as the placement of the grills. 
where are they putting them? You know, if you are in a very hot climate where a majority of your HVAC is going to be used for cooling, the vent should be in the ceiling or high, high wall on the inside, not on the outside. Because the purpose is, is we want to blow that air across the ceiling, picking up some of that heat, and we want to get it to go to the outside wall where we have more heat coming in. But here's the thing. What we're trying to do, think of it this way as like a baseball. If I take a baseball and I'm 10 foot away from a wall and I throw that baseball as hard as I possibly can, it's going to run and just smash right into the wall. And then it's just going to drop because it's lost all of its velocity. But if I lob the ball, I'm going to get a little arc and then it's going to come and it's going to just roll down the wall. And that's what we're trying to do with the air. It's called wall washing. Now, there are some different duct designs out there where you don't utilize this. One is called RIA, where you can't wall wash because the the CFMs in the ducts are low. But what we do there is we're looking for coverage and, and symmetry throughout the room to get a good steady flow of air. But we'll talk about that in a different podcast. We're actually going to have them on as a guest. So what we're trying to do is wash the wall. And and the way we factor that is the grill manufacturers have determined based on a specific amount of air going through that grill, they can tell how far that air is going to go. And it's called throw, T-H-R-O-W, throw. How far is this size grill with this amount of CFMs, how far is it going to throw that air? So when we're selecting a grill, and we have 150 CFMs, we want to choose our grills that we, we typically use. And we use a Titus grill for design. Now, there's many other ones, Hart and Cooley and a bunch of other ones. But the manufacturer is going to tell us with this grill and that many CFMs, you can throw the air this far. Now, when it says throw the air, there's kind of a standard and in, in What that is, is when the air is coming out of the grill, the first velocity feet per minute that we're calculating is 150, and then we go to 100, and then some grill manufacturers will only do 75, and then some will do 50. So what they're trying to determine is at 50 feet per minute, 75 to 50 feet per minute, this is where air coming out of the grill starts to lose its forward momentum, and it starts to drop, and that's the key. I'm sure there's a term for it. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I might have come across it in my training. But that's that's the point that we're trying to accomplish is we want to get that air. If that wall is 10 foot away from the grill, we want to get that air so that the velocity, just as it's getting to that wall, is at that 75 to 50 feet per minute so that it starts to slow down and drop. And what it does is it's washing. It drops and washes down that wall. Now, we're still creating a circulation, that we're still pushing air. So as we push this air across the ceiling and it starts to lose its velocity and it drops down the wall, even though there's not a high velocity, we're still creating a convection in the room of circulation, pushing that air down across, back around and up. And that's the key is the throw. So when we're looking at these grills, if I go in and just 150 CFMs and well, because and that probably upset a lot of HVAC contractors with these podcasts because a lot of them are probably, and I know this because I, I already know some that have, have reached out to me, is guys, is we get defensive when we're questioned on things that we should know, but we don't. 
or that I don't need to know manual T. I've been doing this for 30 years and I've never had a problem. Well, you may have never had a problem because nobody's ever reached out to you to tell you they had a problem. You know, like going to a restaurant. How many times, and now some people speak up constantly, but how many times have you gone into a restaurant and something was wrong and you didn't say something? My wife and I like to dine out. There's a lot of times where, to me, if the steak is slightly undercooked, I'm okay. If it's slightly overcooked, I'm okay. You know, if the service is, eh, I just don't tip that well. But very seldom will I actually pull a manager aside or someone and complain about something. And that's what it's like is, you know, these people have been working for 30 years, but some of the some of their customers either don't know any better or, or they just don't care enough to complain. I'm just going to deal with it. But there are some. So if I mess this up a lot, but nobody comes to complain, I'm just going to assume it's right because nobody, and that, that's where communication is key. If there's something wrong, you need to speak up. Otherwise, people don't know there's a problem with what they're doing and they're going to continue to do it. Now, obviously, at some point, there's common sense where people know they're doing stupid stuff and they're just hoping you don't figure it out. But the biggest problem I see is is people putting the supply vents on the outside walls blowing down in a hot, humid climate. This does not provide proper mixing of air. Yes, it shoots right down the wall, but we're still not addressing a lot of the heat that's in the room that's rising to the top, and we're not able to create that constant circulation of air that we're looking for. The other thing that I see, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this other part that I see because it, it goes into the returns. So we got the grills, we got the placement, and the grill sizing very important. Also with the grill sizing, it's something called the face velocity. And what that is, is the manufacturer is determined that based on, I don't know, let's just say a 10 by 6 grill, that that 10 by 6 grill with 150 CFMs, the air coming out of that grill is going to create a velocity feet per minute of air at X. Now that could be 300 feet per minute or 200 feet per minute or 400 feet per minute. We're, we're usually trying to stay well under 400 feet per minute. I think in our in our tools and calculations, I think we're, we try to stay closer to 300 Another big thing, if the velocity of the air coming out is too high, you're going to cause issues. You're going to cause uh, the flow of the air to be disrupted. Something else that you're going to cause, and some of you may have seen this, is you're going to see a grill that sweats. Now, the, the sweating grill, obviously a high face velocity because we're looking at 50 to 55 degree air. And if we're pushing it across a metal, and this will typically happen with metal surfaces, metal grills more so than uh, the plastic grills that you have. The excessive velocity will cause, could potentially cause sweating. The other thing is using your grill louvers as a damper. That's a no-no. They are not designed to damper off and on the air. They are used more for direction than anything to help adjust the flow from going in one direction versus the other. If we damper that grill down at the vent itself, what happens is think about this. We have 75, depending on what temperature, but let's just keep it at a constant, 75 to 78 degree air in the room. And we're pushing 50 to 55 degree air through the grill. Well, when you have that 75 to 78 to 80 and, and 50 degree air, you can at some points, depending on the humidity levels and whatnot, create a condensation at that grill. Now, some other things that cause condensation on grills is when you put the grill, if you have uh, an attic with ceiling insulation, not, not insulation on the roof deck, but insulation on the ceiling, 
and you put that grill, your HVAC company puts that grill in the drywall ceiling and they do not properly caulk and seal that, what happens now is I have 120, 30, 40 degree air in the attic that's seeping through those sides of the grill. And now we have 50, 55 degree air coming out. We are going to hit dew point and we are going to condensate. We are going to create that. So those are things that you can look for and understand better. But all of that process is properly controlled with manual T. Now, here's something I'm going to make a statement about, and there's going to be a lot of people, my wife is one of them, that's going to say, "Uh uh-uh, you're crazy. She loves to feel the air blowing on her. But in proper HVAC design, considering manual J, manual D, manual S, all that stuff, manual T, the occupant of that room should not feel air flowing. I call it the comfort zone. So about one foot or so, one to two foot or so from the ceiling, the wall, the floor, that's where the air should be circulating. In that center area, the comfort zone, that is the area that someone should be able to sit there and be comfortable with the temperature that they want without feeling a breeze. But I know a lot of us, my wife, she's got a fan next to her bed. We turn the ceiling fan on. We got it 65 degrees and we sleep. Yeah, it's crazy. We live in South Florida. But it's it's nice because it's getting to the point now where it actually might be colder outside soon than it is in the house. It's you know kind of a weird thing, but it's, it's funny. I joke around with her all the time because I just absolutely love her so much. But understanding that and... And, and understand when you when you place the grill, and this is also a, an important part, is when we're placing this grill, is we have to also consider where are the occupants going to be. If I have a master bed up against the outside wall, which tends to be the hot wall, I don't want. Well, obviously, the bed's going to be most likely in the center of the room, and a lot of times there's a window on the left and a window on the right. I don't want to put a grill smack dab in the center blowing right at the bed. Now, if it's king size bed and it's in the room, it's it's going to be tough not to have any air flowing on that, but you want to consider that. Where am I going to place it? So instead of having a 12 by 8 grill, it may make more sense for me to split that one grill up because that one grill should be in the center of the room to get good distribution. But maybe I want to split that up into two smaller grills place them on the outsides of the bed where the the main airflow is not blowing directly onto the bed. But you got to take that into consideration. Maybe I want to put some four-way grills. So those are a lot of things that we look at in a living room when we have, when we're putting vents in the living room. Where could they? Now, now obviously not every plan that we get has the furniture layout on it, but we want to look at that and we want to give it our best judgment. But it's also up to the HVAC contractor and the architect and the builder that once they do create the living space, that they make any necessary adjustments based on how the house is going to be set up. Now, because we can look at a set of plans, but we all know that what's on paper is not always what happens in the field. For instance, we just had a meeting with a big contractor that we work with. And one of the biggest issues, and this is in 30 plus years I've been in the business, is always the biggest issue is the electricians, the plumber, and the HVAC guys. It's, it's like a, a three-way battle. Who gets in first so that they don't have to move or change things for the other person? A lot of times the plumber wins because they have very specific guidelines that they have to follow. 
the specific locations at the risers and stuff. But the issue there is, is okay, if we design something, but the plumber comes in or electrician comes in and they've run their pipes and their wires and things like that, the HVAC designer goes out to the home. They may have to slightly relocate something because of that. Maybe they decided to do something with a fancy light fixture and where our grill was located can't go. So the HVAC company needs to understand manual T. And the problem is, is many of them don't, and they will just move something wherever they want. Here's something else that's important. The return. The return is a very important vent and process that needs to be considered when doing manual T. Many of us think that a return is this, if it's a direct return, that's going back to the air handler. Or even, I mean, some of you, when you look up at the grill, you're not really sure what's going up in the attic, but a return grill is not this massive, giant vacuum cleaner. It does have some pull, but it doesn't have the pull that some of us think. So I want you to take this. If you have a return, it's not going to be as dramatic if it's a jumper duck or a pass-through. And if you go back and listen to one of our past podcasts, you'll understand the difference. But if it's a direct return, meaning the grill and the duck is directly attached back to the return on the air handler, you take just a piece of paper, see how close you can get that piece of paper to that grill before it pulls up. Usually it's at somewhere between 16, 18 inches. Yours might be a little further away. But according to Manual T and in my experience, what you're trying to do is you do not want the return to disrupt the flow of air. And because the return outside of that 18 inches has very little pull, the key is to make sure that we are creating that convection, that circulation in the room that is almost forcing that air back into that return. Size is also important. We don't want to undersize. You know, you can pretty much not worry about ever oversizing a return grill, uh, but you could pretty much not oversize a return duck, but we're going to talk about ducks at another podcast because a lot of HVAC contractors undersize return ducks. And that's, you know, that's like running a marathon with a straw in your mouth. <laughs> You're just probably not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. So with the, with the return placement, it's very important. The return must go in an area of the least amount of air circulation, kind of call it the dead zone which typically, if we have a standard bedroom, let's say it's one outside wall and we have a 10 by six grill in the ceiling towards the inside wall, blowing in the center of the room, blowing towards the outside wall, we're, we're pushing it across the ceiling, down the wall, washing the wall, circulating it back across the floor and creating this convection that comes back up and around. We want the return behind or out of the path of the air coming out of the supply vent. Reason being, and, and here's something that a lot of HVAC people do. They put the return on the outside wall. Their reasoning is, well, I want to get that return to suck in all the hot air. Okay. Yes, we can think about that and say, well, I, well, we think that makes sense. I want to get rid of that hot air. But, but here's what happens. If I have 78 to 80 degree air right at that outside wall and I'm pulling that, let's, let's just round it to 80. And I pull in that 80 degree air back into the air handler. What's the air handler's job? The air handler's job is to remove humidity, remove heat from the air so that the air coming out the other side is cooler. If I have 80 degree air going into the return 
the job of the air handler is typically between 18 to 20 degrees difference. So if I have 80 degree air going into the return, 18 to 20 degrees difference, that's going to bring me back to 60, 65, 60, 62 degree air, which is now what's going to come out of the air handler. Well, now I've increased the temperature of the air coming back out of the supply vent, which doesn't make it efficient. So we lose efficiency. So now instead of putting 50, 55 degree air into the room, we're putting 60, 65 degree air into the room. Maybe not quite as dramatic. So the purpose is we want to mix the air, the 50, 55 degree air mixed with that outside hot air on that wall, get it back into the return. So when it gets back there, it's closer to 72, 75 degree air that's getting back to the air handler, creating a much more efficient system. We have to keep that in mind. So the return should be back out of the airstream. Now, in some locations, it's a lot of houses we do, that they put the smoke detector right by the door, just in the inside door of the room. And, and the returns must be within, I think it's three feet. Depending on your state, there's a code that tells you how close the return uh, needs to be from the smoke detector. So sometimes that dictates where the grill can be. So what we have to do is, what is the lesser of the evils is to put this return? Do we have to put it back on the right-hand side of the, and maybe there's an outside wall over there on the right-hand side of the grill? Now, because the return grill ha- only creates a, a suction power at 16 to 18 inches, if we can place the grill two feet or greater away from the supply vent, we have very little disruption of airflow. Now, something that you have to consider, and you can Google this, there's actually really good videos on this, is as the air comes out, you create, and I, I don't remember the name of it, but you create this like little vortex on the left and right side as the air circulates around. And you want to be careful when you put the return there is to make sure that your return's not in that vicinity because you actually almost create a negative pressure at the return grill and you don't want that. Okay, so manual T, very detailed process. The book they have is pretty thin. It's it's very thin compared to a lot of the other books. The manual, the manual J book so is an inch plus thick. Manual D book is probably about three quarters, half inch thick. Manual T is probably a quarter inch thick. So there's not a lot, but there's a lot of complex understanding about the air and understanding how it flows and how we want to create that perfect environment for the air circulation. So manual T. Great stuff, really good understanding. I know some of you folks, I it's a little too complicated, but it's just make sure that if you have somebody coming out to do your duct design, ask them, do you know what manual D is and do you know what manual T is? And if they look at you like deer in a headlights, you probably need to find someone else to do your work. Now, it's going to be tough because I bet you I could go and ask 20 HVAC contractors right now, and only one of them will probably know what manual T is. But of course, you'll get that, oh, yeah, 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 I've, I've done that before. Oh, really? Okay, what's uh, what's throw? What's uh, what's what's velocity? What's the face value? What's the, you know, They're not going to know. I get that a lot because I'll get people on the phone who are like, yeah, yeah, I know what manual T is. Oh, okay, what, you know, uh, what is it? What is it about manual T? Well, you know, it's it's been a while since I studied this and talked about it. Oh, I see. So you, you forgot just what the term manual T means. Now, they have no clue. And and that's the key is, and, and you'd be amazed as an HVAC installation company, they should know this like the back of their hand because it's part of what they do. But we have not been taught this in school. We have not been taught this by our mentors. We have not been taught this throughout the years. 
because these concepts, even though they've been around a while, they have not been brought into the, the limelight of the, of the public for training and education and knowledge. They've been around for a while, for, for decades, but people just haven't had the desire or the know-how or the ability to want to do it. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. Uh, really appreciate it. We're going to be doing a lot more stuff, coming up with all kinds of ideas. If you have anything you'd like us to do a podcast on, go ahead and um, email us at tom at net, and we'll go ahead and get that, and I'll put that in my list of podcasts. And also remember, we have YouTube videos. We're probably going to do a YouTube video on this in a week or so, so that you have an understanding, maybe some visuals if you want to do more visuals than just the podcast. So everybody have an absolute blessed day. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, have a great weekend. I'm Tom with ProCalx University. Have a good one.